Today on Lockdown Red Wings, despite recent team struggles, Patrick Kane is on fire. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast, while Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, fun. A special Christmas episode because the Red Wings played two games, so we couldn't, it just felt like a disservice to not cover those two games or wait until like Tuesday to talk about it. So Merry Christmas. A Christmas episode for all you guys. I don't think we have we don't have anything special planned, holiday themed, but uh, I we have too much to talk about to do any like <laughs> cheesy like Christmas stuff. Your, your Christmas so. gift is listening to us talk about the Red Wings play hockey which yeah I don't know dude, if like it genuinely like we we <laughs> legitimately have too much to go over to have like a like a christmas theme yeah. anything like we is have that... way too much hockey to talk about so the question is scotty is talking about the red wings a, a naughty or a nice gift is this a coal in people's stockings or is this well, like a christmas gift i don't the think tree? the weekend was a coal but uh, you know you, you didn't get a <laughs> you didn't get a car either like this I, is like just... oh, this is like opening up a pack of socks like you needed them Right. You weren't like, you're not thrilled about sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm fine with it. All right. Um, so, yeah, Scotty, obviously two games to break down. It's going to be a lo- little bit of a longer episode because first that first game was crazy against the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, but I feel like we should lead off talking about Patrick Kane. Uh, he is the league's third star of the week. He has eight points, four goals, four assists in the last four games from this past week. And he had four points this weekend alone. Two goals and an assist in Philly, and then a goal again in New Jersey. Uh, both first goals of the game really start the Red Wings off on the right foot in both those games. I am going to very publicly say, I am sorry, Patrick Kane, for ever doubting your ability to play. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that was very much. I was going to, I had a whole like monologue semi planned about um, how my concern for Patrick Kane on this hockey team was. Um, I mean, legitimately, it's gone. Well, yes, it's gone, obviously. But just thinking back, I mean, that's I I, I haven't been that wrong about something in a while. So and it's one of those situations <laughs> but, where you're happy to be wrong, too, right? Right, exactly. And that's that's my other thing, man. Is like I ten times out of ten, I would rather be wrong if it benefits the Detroit Red Wings. So like, I'm I'm pumped about it. He is clearly fine <laughs> clearly he he is he is very much okay and uh it, it's it's a it's an iq thing we talk about all the time it's just a puck handling thing right like does he have the speed anymore no um it does he make you know i don't want to say questionable decisions because it's not the decisions but a lack of plays in the defensive side of the zones sure but like you knew all of that going into this that's patrick kane right and, and he has been I, I think like tenfold what I at least expected out of this when we signed him. And uh, he has been phenomenal offensively for this hockey team. He has been a huge reason as to why the, the wings are even, you know, they've been skidding lately, but like he's one of the only reasons they've even been even remotely able to keep their heads above water. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll 
go on that uh, go on in in on that apology with you. Uh, Merry <laughs> Christmas, and I'm sorry, dude. Right. I mean, we we spent not just one, but like multiple episodes as the rumor mills circulated all the way back into when free agency first began this yeah, past the summer, summer, talking about how you know he's older, he's not the Patrick Kane he was coming off the surgery, he's not going to be the player that he once was. And that the Red Wings really didn't need him. And, you know, just before the Red Wings signed him, because it was that we did an episode the day before he signed, because the rumor mill was really heating up that it was between the Red Wings and a couple other teams. And I was like, you know what? I'm looking at it and it, I think it might be worth the risk. Sure. It's like really not, you're not really risking a lot by signing him. So I changed my tune right at the last moment. And I'm <laughs> glad I did. But overall, I mean, he has been, you know, and you you mentioned his speed. I don't think that his top, like his speed isn't even as bad as we think it is either. Acceleration maybe, yeah. But once he gets up to top speed, like he, can really, like, he can still fly through the it neutral also zone. isn't needed. Like yeah. it's not, it's not like necessary or required for him to be good at his job. Like, you know what I mean? He, he doesn't rely on it to be effective. So like who even cares? You know, <laughs> like, like I, he, he's, he's been absolutely incredible. This weekend was unbelievable. For him, obviously, what is he, the third star in the NHL? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a a fantastic, looking like a fantastic pickup by the Wings. And, uh, yeah, looking uh, looking ridiculous forever, having doubted the <laughs> uh, the greatest American-born hockey player of all time. But. Well, and he also put the team on his back in Philly. And that, that, honestly, that game probably cemented him as the NHL's third star of the week. Obviously, a three-point sure. game, two goals, one assist, but also the shootout winner. I mean, that game, that, that victory does not happen without Patrick Kane's individual performance in that one. For sure. Um, and well, I guess like a, literally. <laughs> right. No, I mean, yeah, like, literally. Like literally it doesn't, yeah. And I guess that's a perfect transition into talking about the first of the two back-to-back games. Um, but first, before we can actually really dive in, Scotty, you, you know what we got to do. And I'm not going to ask you for an individual word for each game we'll do. How does this, what's the one word to describe your feelings from the weekend overall? Um, I don't know. I want to say like mixed, like it's, it's cause it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's multiple games. I, I, um, I, I don't think that this weekend completely like changed how I feel about, this team like where we were at going into the weekend you know what i mean i mean we 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 lost one game and then blew a was it 5-1 lead Mm -hmm. in in the other one and like took it to a shootout i mean uh, i've never said anything bad about the shootout by the way it's just like it's one of those (laughs) things where i i'm 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 glad we walked out of here you know with two points but uh this is you know i'm not like just re-injected with like faith and optimism after this either. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh, a, a mixed bag. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with mixed. Yeah, my word is relieved, and not because they got a win or they got one or two. No, because, because the we're Red on Wings, a break. We're yeah. on a break. Uh, <laughs> this team has gone through a gauntlet recently. Three games and uh, four days. I think it's like seven games and like twelve or thirteen. There's games an argument like the Wings have needed the Christmas break more than literally every other team yeah. in the NHL. And then the injury bug just continuously yeah. hampering them along this stretch. Like this team, more than like any team in the NHL, it feels like really needs what a three day break. You said Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, three day break. Yeah. Just to try and, you know, some of the players who might be out longer, three days isn't going to be enough, but nurse their bumps and bruises and rest and come back refreshed and hit that reset button. Malone even said hit the reset button himself in the postgame recap after New Jersey. But yeah, I mean, the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, Scotty, I thought, and probably all of Red Wings land thought after that 
first period in which the Red Wings scored five goals and had a five to one lead, it was going to be just an absolute like freight train over the Philadelphia Flyers. I thought the Red Wings go out on a limb and say, if you've been watching the wings consistently this year, you didn't necessarily think that, you know, what's funny is I thought I did think to myself and it was foolish. There's no way they blow a five to one lead. (laughs) But even though the start of this skid started with them blowing a four to nothing lead in the span of five minutes against the sharks, I should have known better. Um, and they even scored. <laughs> I think was, I tweeted out something like, I only blame myself for having fun in the first period. I should have right. known better. Like, right. that's actually how I felt. Like, <laughs> well, And it was the most quintessential Red Wings game I've seen this season. I mean, it, it, it encapsulated everything that this team does in a single game. Score in bunches, get out to a lead, and then slowly allow the opponent to chip their way, gnaw their way back into the game. And, you know, that first period, though, and I don't want to I don't want to, like, brush the first period on the rug because it was fantastic. And they looked energized and looked like they had a they were on a mission. And just the goals that were scored in that game were fantastic. I mean, the first game, that first goal of the game from uh, Debrinkit to Larkin to Kane uh, Kane, of course, cleaning up another rebound. That's how he scored the game before that was just being in the right place at the right time. And then right after that, uh, Debrinkit to Patrick Kane down low the side of the net. And I'm like two nothing right off the bat. We're hot, strong scores on the power play. Then Confer- Valeno just gets like three chances at the net and Confer buries the rebound. And then Gostisbehere with 17 seconds left. I'm like, this is it. We're going to win this game. Ultimately, I was right, but not without sheer heart attack in periods two and three. It was a very mixed bag of a game. For sure. Absolutely. The, uh, the, the proverbial and expected collapse there was certainly – Frustrating, but yeah, I mean, th- this game alone is a is a mixed emotion game. You had a uh, uh, your offense actually showed signs of life for the first time in weeks, and I think mm-hmm. that that's not for nothing. I think that that's a really good thing. I think that that's something that uh, can give you a little bit of optimism going forward. This team at like you know Perron's back, etc. Like this forward core at close to full health. The closest it's been to full health in a while, finally, like, re-proved and re-showed that they can fill the back of the net. That's awesome. Uh, and then the defense continued to do defense things, and the goaltending continued to do goaltending things with Reimer and Net. So, uh, and obviously, there's a little bit more of a conversation with goaltending after the New Jersey game, but I, I just, it's, I, I don't know. It was like the quintessential Wings game. Right. Yeah. Like they, they scored a lot. They had a collapse. The defense and goaltending was bad, but they still won. That's yeah. like the season <laughs> so far. So, uh, yeah. And, and we'll talk about it more too, because, you know, I don't know how much three of those flyers goals were like incredible that three in a row went in the way that they went in. We'll talk about the second yeah, period. And oh my I goodness. Guess. If I have to see another blue line tip in, I think. I'm not going to finish that sentence. All right. Stay tuned for periods two and three in segment two of Lockdown Red Wings. Segment periods, two. Periods two and three. Periods two and three. Uh, yeah. So the Red Wings, obviously, as we've already noted, were incredible in the first period. In fact, they had a 60% share of the shot attempts. Uh, and a 67% share of the quality shot attempts at five on five in the first period. But after that, they did, like we said, they did typical Red Wings things. They took their foot off the gas pedal. 
they became much more conservative and they allowed a team that's not really a goal scoring team to just continually chip away at the lead, put pucks in the back of the net. And second period, the Flyers scored two more goals. Both of them were like back to back, like what a minute apart at best scored the same exact way. A player down low was left uncontested Mm -hmm. to redirect a shot from the point. And, you know, redirected shots, I'm not going to give Reimer crap for. I won't. I will give him crap for the last two goals he allowed in that hockey game. Um, but the the three redirected shots he fa- he allowed and the two in the second, I'm not going to blame him for. That, in my opinion, is always going to be on the defenseman to tie up your guy. And they just continue. Like, what they do is they just stand next to their guy, and they don't try and tie him up. And I understand the logic behind it because not. I don't want to compare myself to an NHL player. I mean – people have seen me play. I'm not very good, but like if you tie up a guy in front, you're tied up with him. He's tying you up. And so if there's a scramble out front or there's another guy back door, now you've become incapable of covering that guy as well. So I understand the logic behind it and it's a tough lose, lose situation, but (laughs) you would think when you see, the first one happened, and then maybe even the second one happened. You th- start thinking, maybe I should cover this guy who's right in front screening my goalie and try and prevent him from redirecting the puck because they clearly proved they have very good hand-eye coordination. And there were three straight goals scored by the Philadelphia Flyers in this game because of that. And that also doesn't happen. You know, that pressure, those goals don't happen if not just the defense, but if the Fords t- don't take their foot off the gas and become conservative hockey. And that is a coaching thing. And, you know... I'm trying to give the coaching staff and Derek Lalone time. That's like why I've tried to avoid being critical because I know that at, I know again, with all the new bodies, Derek Lalone also being a new head coach that it's going to take time for this system to work out, but it's just, I'm getting very, it's getting very stale with me. Very fast. Scotty, I'm getting very tired, very fast of seeing this conservative approach. Whenever the Red Wings get the lead, because whenever you allow the other team allow allow the other team to possess the puck is going to allow them to have more opportunities to shoot the puck more opportunities to bury the puck and time and time again this season we have seen that so while yes i'm you know there's defensive woes with not covering your guy out front you know tying him up so he can't redirect the shot a lot of this is coached and so i'm not like firing sounding the alarm yet on fire derek alone or anything like that but Along this stretch, even when they were winning and they were blowing those leads, we we saw the same kind of conservative approach once they got a large lead. And in today's NHL, especially with the makeup of this defense and the makeup of this goaltending tandem, you really can't afford to turn conservative, you know, in after you have a lead. It's also like, you know, we, we can. Everything you just said is accurate, but it's also really just not hard to just watch the fact that this has happened a million times before the new year and be like, well, maybe we should change something, (laughs) right? Like, I feel like that's not that difficult to just be like, wow, we have blown literally every lead we've had since Halloween. Maybe we should maybe change something up. Like, I, I, I feel like that's, that's a really easy thing to do. And, and, and it, not that the, the, you know, finding the the right system is an easy thing to do. But I, I think it's a really easy decision to just be like, well, we should probably change it up a little bit. 
Um, I think it 100% falls on coaching. And like the players are the ones out there at the end of the day. But um, I, I don't know how you, how you look any other direction than behind the bench when thinking about who needs to be the leader in fixing this issue where we blow literally every single lead we have. Um, I, uh, I, I think it's, it's very, very easily falls on the shoulders of alone. And that is like the biggest thing I want to come out of this break is some sort of new game plan when we have a lead. And like, let's not also, we, we mentioned in the first segment, but again, fatigue, right? Lots of games in a few games. Yeah, 100%. Days, and it, the injury bug, they were, they lost Mata in this game and what, the second period off a, a clean hit, he just got. But the blowing leads isn't just happening on second games of back-to-backs when there's injuries. Like, well, this, this is kind of thing too. <laughs> for like, the again, like the last month and a half, this has been a thing. So like, I... So yes, you're right. Uh, in 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 a in a vacuum of this game solely for sure, but th- this has been a thing for the entire season. Yeah, and I mean, I thought overall the second period, despite those two quick back-to-back goals, they settled it down. It was pretty tight until about ten minutes left, and the de- the Flyers really started. And I thought the fatigue started to set in as well, and turn again the conservative play style. And then the third period was just all Flyers. Just they had all of the shot attempts in that third period. It was twenty-two shot attempts to 13 shot attempts for the Flyers to the Red Wings. They were just fully on their heels. And like, again, I think it's a mix of scheme and just overall exhaustion. You're down, a def- you're down another body. Um, so pairs become kind of wild. You had another tipped goal. That's where the third one took place. But then late in the game, when you really needed to lock it down and just try and survive, James Reimer just went nuclear. He just exploded. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't look great all game long. He hasn't really looked great in any of the games he played. I always felt like he was a little scrambly and more reactive than proactive and making saves. But he made two saves that puck back to back with a puck trickled behind him in just a couple of minutes. You went from leading five to four to being down six to five with five minutes left. And I'm like, they're legitimately going to lose this game in regulation because James yeah. Reimer. I mean, I think when your goaltending becomes they healthy, were losing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I honestly do think that when this game or when this break is over and when your goaltending is healthy, I think you know, right? Like Billy Huso and Alex Lyon are your guys. And I thought Michael Hutchinson even looked better than James Reimer. He didn't look perfect either. I'm not going to say he did. He did put it point at post a 917 save percentage. But if you watch him, I don't know if it was necessarily like the most on his game. But again, like there's so many other factors going on there. I'm not going to like crap on Michael Hutchinson. But even he, I thought looked better than James Reimer when James Reimer played. I I think your decision's kind of there. The question is, is can you really afford to put him on waivers when it's been now proven that being three goalies deep is kind of very important because now you're on your fourth goalie. So it's like, you know, you're, but I feel like at least we know who our one and two are. I agree. So. It's just, it's really frustrating. And if it wasn't for Dylan Larkin and a gift from the hockey gods scoring from behind the net, this game would have never gotten to overtime. But it did. It did. And it was really good overtime, too. It was actually really fun. The Red Wings had a lot of opportunities. Carter Hart went god mode in overtime and stoned the Red Wings, like, what, two, three separate times? I think it was three. Um, But then in the shootout, the roles reversed, and then James Reimer was lights out in the shootout, and Carter Hart was letting two of the three shots in. Patrick Kane. What'd you think of that uh, when they were throwing the hats on the ice after he scored the shootout winner? Yeah, I mean, 
genuinely i i don't think i would have uh i don't think i would have launched a cap for that one but uh at the same time the video of the wings celebrating on the ice and he all of lca screaming journey uh is just they were yelling the word journey okay uh, i don't know you. if you i'm know messing song, with you don't stop believing by journey and there's a part in it about south detroit that everybody yells i don't know if you're from here i was joking well no oh, oh you're just being rude so it's this uh <laughs> you should know by now <laughs> but that that video um I just like was awesome. It gave me goosebumps. I I just I loved it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't know if I would have thrown my hat, but it was uh, it was still a cool moment to uh, to get there. And I mean, in the end, they broke their four game losing streak. Um, got a win at home going into Christmas break. It's just it's really hard. To, it's just really hard to feel really good about a game where you had a five one lead and then blew it and almost lost the game 100%. in regulation. 100%. So, but I'll take the two points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to complain about two points. They don't um, ask how. I also have thought, I thought I have more thoughts on individual players, but we just don't have time for it in this episode. I'll just say it real quickly. Um, my patience with Justin Hole is also starting to wear thin. And I thought that the top line, especially in the first period, to break it, Kane Larkin were phenomenal. So, yeah, it's a really fun line. <laughs> um, but we got to get into the second game of this back to back. So stay tuned for that in segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty also on the first assist, because Debrinket had three assists in the game against Philly. Uh, it was his 200th career assist, so congratulations to him as well. Um, but we got to move on to the game against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, a bit of a role reversal between these two games, right? Like, we talked a lot about um, these two teams going into the weekend uh, because of, we just do game previews. And we noted that Philadelphia Flyers would probably be a grinded out low, I wouldn't, don't know about low scoring with this team, uh, but it'd be if you're going to win, it'd be a grinded out win. It'd be low scoring, and that's how it would go. And then the Devils would probably be like a shootout. Rules absolutely reversed. Seven to six win against the Flyers. Three to two loss to the Devils. I do think a big part of the reason why the Red Wings lost in this game was because of, again, injuries and fatigue. I'm not trying to completely dismiss and give them just a a free pass on the loss because you know, you have to go, you're given the schedule you're given and every team goes through these rough stretches. Even alone has said that you got to try and find a way to win games, but it does make it a little bit easier of a pill to swallow when you know, just like less than 24 hours later, you're back on the ice. You're now you're down. Olimati. You've called up Simon Edmondson. You're starting your grand Rapids Griffin's backup goaltender in that. So there's a lot of factors going on in this game. And I thought overall, despite getting heavily outshot that the Red Wings heavily played a pretty Okay game. And that heavily outshot factor didn't come until the end of the second and, you know, start of the third. That is where the Devils really kind of suffocated the Red Wings offense. But through the first 40 minutes of this game, it was really tight. It was really low scoring. And the Red Wings even had a lead. It's just, I think in the end, especially when you factor in the fact that they lost the Ford and a defender in the second period, the team just ran out of gas, man. Yeah, no, it, I mean, that's, I, I think that that's a pretty good, I think that that's pretty accurate. Um, I, I don't know, I think I think the definition of like not getting too high with the highs and too low with the lows is complaining a little bit about the win and then being like, oh well, we lost, but it's got okay. <laughs> um, I think that that's that's the you know in the middle type of 
thing that and like mixed feelings that I get out of the weekend too. It, it's tough. Uh, I, like we said at the beginning, this break could not have come sooner for a team like the Wings. And if you would have told me that they would have been in the game tied relatively late uh, with a chance to win with two, you know, a, a prominent defender that gets a lot of ice time and like maybe your best penalty kill artist on your team getting hurt as well as your fourth string goalie out there. If you would have told me that, that all of that would have happened and you still would have had a chance to, to, uh, to, to take the lead or at least tie it late in the game. I probably would have taken that, uh, taken that and, and ran with it and, and given ourselves a fighter's chance. So tough, I mean, obviously if, uh, you know, if in a perfect world, you at least steal a point out of this and you kind of were, were set up to be close to that. Uh, they had a couple of opportunities at the end of the game because New Jersey just could not score on the uh, empty net for whatever reason. But yeah, man, uh, uh, tough to go into the break on a loss, but also uh, definitely a hard fought game. You know, one thing that I will say that was really excellent in this game is the penalty kill. And the penalty kill has sure. been struggling up until this last, ironically, seven game stretch. The best thing the Red Wings have done in this losing streak in this losing skid has been their penalty kill which is just so ass backwards when you think about it, but yeah. they've are four, 17 for 18 in their last seven games on the penalty kill, only having allowed one. And the devils were the, are the best power play in the league. And they made them go Oh, for three on the power play. You know, there was a little bit of luck involved, a couple of missed opportunities by the devils, but the, the red wings played them tight, forced the passes to the outside and, you know, when they got the opportunity to clear the puck down the ice, they did even had a couple of shorthanded opportunities as well. I just wish Jake Weldman would have shot the puck instead of trying to pass it across to Andrew Kopp because that was not the pass was not there. Um, but yes, yelled at my TV. Yes, so mad. Uh, but, you know, this was a frustrating game because of the fact that they kept getting power play opportunities off weak ass phantom calls. The only power, the only call that I saw where I was like, that's legitimately a penalty was probably a high sticking call to Daniel Sprong. Mm -hmm. The interference call that Lucas Raymond received, there are two players that were going to the puck in the corner for a, Dude, he, a battle. He gets nudged into net. Like, it's, <laughs> you can... no, you're talking about the other, the goalie interference. I'm talking about the first interference call. Oh, Raymond, oh, oh yeah. I am both. Well, you could say have, both. Yeah. yeah. The goalie interference one, like the, the side, the ice angle, I guess you can kind of argue it's a little tough to tell uh, and maybe I'm biased but I didn't think it was that hard even for that angle but I can kind of understand like oh maybe the there's two guys going for the net Raymond was in front whatever the bird's eye view angle there is literally no doubt the dude just be beelines to Raymond yeah. and gives him a little hip and he flies into the net like I I don't know, man. Like, and that's the thing too is like obviously the Red Wings penalty kill did a great job in this game, but you're looking at the two weak calls. I mean, you could make an argument for the interference on Lucas Raymond. Um, some people will say that that's a hockey play. Both players are going to the corner battling for the puck, but Lucas Raymond just knocked him over, so it's going to be yeah. interference. The Simon Edvinson hold there was, and that's another thing we got to talk about. Simon Edvinson getting recalled for make his season debut. Um, but Edvinson, the hold on him that was non-existent. There was no hold there. The Sprong one was legit. Ben Sherratt roughing against Jesper Bratt. That was a offsetting. I know that, but like, so Sherratt's going to hit Jesper Bratt in front of the net, but Bratt like starts to fall over. So Sherratt goes over him. And so Bratt gets up and just starts like, it was the weird, it wasn't even like throwing punches. He was just shoving him like a little yeah. kid. Sherratt gets on top and then like stops. 
And somehow Sherratt gets a roughing too. And I'm like, what? remarkable, remarkable. What? And then the Lucas Raymond goalie interference, like you said, like just the, the crazy weak calls that the Red Wings received in this game to put. And yes, it did not cause any goals against, but it's hard to also score when you're playing penalty kill. So it did still hurt the Red Wings because it took away five on five time, especially the goalie interference late in the game or early in the third period, rather like, this is a game you're trying to put away, and now you have to go on the penalty kill in a third period. I think at that point, still up one. So it's just, it's just no. Well, they weren't even. It was tied at that point. So it's just incredibly frustrating. And I don't want to say the refing blame, like blew it, but the, just to have all those soft calls time and time again is incredibly frustrating to watch. But overall, again, I think that they they played a tight game. Of course, the game winner was another redirected goal. <laughs> oh. And I thought the game tying goal was actually a pretty soft one as well. Michael Rasmussen, who's just been struggling this season, uh, turned it over in front of the Red Wings own net. Timo Meyer just fired the puck from near the goal line, and it just yeah. trickled past Hutchinson. But, I'm so tired of teams just firing away from the blue line and it just bouncing off seven people and finding the back of the net, man. It feels like it's happened a ridiculous amount lately. Yeah, it's it's... I'm bashing my head against the wall watching this team sometimes when they give up goals. Yeah. Um, also, obviously, Simon Edmondson was recalled. What would you make of Edmondson's game? I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I I don't think I... Uh, I don't think I was... Um, I don't know. I don't think I was blown away, but he didn't play like, you know, 25 minutes or anything either. I... I yeah, man, like he he was he was fine. I, I think the development we've seen from him over the last, I don't know, year and a half now, maybe a little bit less... Uh, has been really, really solid. Uh, I'm glad that we're getting to see him play again. I, it, you know, it always sucks that it's at that, like the only way he was going to play was at the expense of an injury. And I know that we kind of like jokingly texted about it, but I can't feel somewhat responsible for the spike in blue line injuries. An episode after we talked about how miraculously this entire blue line has stayed hundred percent healthy all year. So that's probably a little bit on us, but it's uh, yeah, man. It's it, I. I thought he was. I thought he was fine. Uh, again, I, I. I agree with you. I think the penalty was ridiculous, but he's a really good skater, and I think that that's kind of like the most notable thing for me early. Like, if you're that big and that good of a skater, if you have the hockey IQ to go with it, he's going to be darn good. Yeah, and I mean, like overall, for a rookie defenseman making his season debut, I thought he looked fine. He didn't get it, like you said, a ton of minutes. He only got 13 minutes ice time, and that's yeah. with the injury to Petrie that happened halfway through the hockey game. Um, but, you know, he posted a 43.48 Corsi 4 percentage. He was 3.09 relative, so a 3% relative. So he was better. The team was better with him on the ice in this game, according to Corsi. Um, so, you know, I thought he was fine. I thought he made some really nice plays where he stepped up using his size uh, to intercept the puck. There were also a couple plays where he looked a little out of, uh, out of place. You know, he just not used to he's not gelling with the team yet so there were a couple instances like on the blue line offensive blue line where he wasn't cycling quite the the way the team clearly wanted him to or he didn't play the gap correctly i think can't even point or uh mickey pointed it out so he gave jack hughes a little bit too much space when he was coming into the zone but i mean i thought he was i thought he looked fine i thought there was enough positives to see that I was like, okay, I'd be, I want to see more of him at the NHL. Right. No, for sure. A lot of those little things that he did just comes with playing with the team, and he'll get, he'll get it and get on the same page. 
So I, I liked what I saw for the most part. Uh, same with Michael Hutchinson. You know, he made his Red Wings debut as well in this game. 917 save percentage outside of that one Meyer goal. Um, I thought he looked solid. It was still a little bit reactive rather than proactive, but he was making a sa- saves on, what, 37 shots in this game? He faced yeah. a lot and faced a lot on the power player, the penalty kill as well, and he made big saves. So I, I was, I was, I'm happy. Same, same instance, same conclusion I made with Edmondson. I liked enough what I saw that I'd be willing to see him again. <laughs> For sure. No, I, I, I actually thought he looked pretty good. I, uh, I, I thought that he, he looked quick. I think that that was the biggest thing for me, and and maybe that came at the expense of uh, of, of overcompensating and overbiting. Sometimes he had a, he had one where he should have allowed a goal because of how aggressively he overcommitted. That's the word I was looking for to to the left side. Oh, but really good defense. They were able to clear the puck out. I don't know who that was out in front, but that was a really nice play. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think that he was somebody who again I I actually I thought he looked pretty good. I, I thought he looked. Uh, fast uh, and, I, and I was pretty impressed by it but yeah we'll see uh, again fourth string goalie totally fine giving him uh, another opportunity if 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 it uh, needs to but we'll, we'll talk I guess right now maybe about Lyon going to IR he's eligible to come back when the break is over so we'll see how he's feeling then but uh, yeah to, to know that it's possible to be in hockey games with him in that I think is really all the confidence we were kind of looking for on the second that. half of a back-to-back Right. Too. Like that's, right. that's a tough spot to make your debut on, on the road on the second half of a back to back, but he played well overall. Uh, so I was happy to see that. And like you said, Lyon was to make room for Simon Edmondson. Lyon was sent down or sent to the IR retroactive to the 16th. So technically retroactive to the 16th meant he could have played against New Jersey. Right. Yeah, he was healthy, funny. but you wouldn't have done that if he wasn't. Uh, so that's more of just creating roster space for Simon Edmondson, who was then along with Austin Zarnick, sent down two Grand Rapids after the game, about 1130 at night. I was asleep on the couch, so I didn't get to post in the graphic until this Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, you were doing something else at that time of night. You, you could have had me post the graphic. Might have had some typos in it, but... Scotty was not in the right state of mind. He was, <clears throat> he was enjoying his December 23rd, but... Yes. So I know people are going to see that Edmondson and Zarnick got sent down and probably like panic, but with the Fisher and Petrie collision that took place, which oh. by the way, we don't know the extent of any of the Mata Petrie. Why did we Fisher have to watch that 47 times, by the way? Because they wanted goodness, to figure out what dude. happened. Yeah, but like uh, we get it. They, they kept showing like it, it's one thing right after it happened. Do you want to see the replay? I understand. It was like. 30 minutes later, and they're like, oh, by the way, in case you missed it, and they showed it five more times. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Fisher, in particular, looked real wobbly after yeah, that. Dude. And Bro. for those who didn't see it, Petrie Which is a went- loss. Like, that's a legitimate loss for this hockey team. That guy yeah. is is a PK dude. Like, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's that's someone that, that, that you are going to feel uh, absent from the lineup if, if yeah. that's what ends up happening. So, And we don't know the extent of it. For any of these guys, they never Holy Mata either. Yeah. yeah, they never tell you, and no, they don't. Super frustrating from a media perspective. You remember that year, Bertuzzi that seasons ago, where Bert was day to day and then missed the rest of the season. He played nine games, and they kept saying he's like week to week, week to week, week to week. And at the end of the <laughs> he's day to day, and he missed 
six months or whatever. Just that's the epitome of the Iserman era when it comes to injuries. Yeah. At the end of the season, they're like, yeah, he's having shoulder surgery. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so absurd. Uh, so I wouldn't panic about Zarnik and Edvinson getting sent down. I feel like that's probably more of a paper move. I haven't checked when the Griffins play again, but I would assume it's probably just more either A, to make roster space Agreed. during the Christmas break, or B, to give them ice time. Uh, because if Fisher, if Fisher, Petrie, or Mata are out for any extent of time, they'll at least Zarnik will come back up. And I assume with if Petrie and Mata well, are gone, you're Petrie definitely or Mata are out for significant time, then Edvinson's going to be well, here. So. And that's the thing too, like right, the Red Wings even with the Mata injury had six defensemen still. They still had Justin Hole. They made yeah. the decision to then call up Simon Edvinson. They yeah. scratched Justin Hole. So there's clearly a mindset that. Even we'd rather see Simon Edmondson for one. I don't want to. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. I don't want to say that that's the reason. But they made the decision to play Simon Edmondson, who is, by the way, hanging hanging out with Jonathan Berggren in the New York area. Just happened to be in the area. They totally were like, "Let's go to New York for the game against New Jersey." Yeah. And like, in case an injury happens, we'll be there and be ready. Like they, they were like, "We want to play." I thought. I thought the, them talking about how they just happened to be vacationing nearby was really funny. Um, but there's the, I, I, I am confident if Mata or Petrie are out come Wednesday, we will see more Simon Edmondson. Agreed. So, all right. I think that does it. We did it. I think right? That is, that's everything on mine. Yeah. Okay. Well, enjoy the rest of your Christmas guys. Uh, Scotty, I hope you don't get any coal. You've been a very, I, you know what? I'm not going to say that, that you've been, <laughs> you've been good this You've been good this year, Scotty. So Thanks, you deserve gifts, buddy. Uh, yeah, debatable, but I uh, I appreciate it. So, all right. Uh, and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays as well to anyone who doesn't celebrate Christmas. Happy holidays Absolutely. to the rest of you guys. Hope you enjoy any time off you've been given. And you will also get a chance to hit the reset button because working 40-hour work weeks also sucks. So, Yes, it do. All right. Any final thoughts, buddy? We ball, baby. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode on wednesday because we do, will not have a tuesday episode because we record the day before so we're not recording on christmas so no tuesday episode we'll be back on wednesday same time same place to your team every day every day